It was back in 1939 that uh, John Steinbeck wrote the great classic novel, The Grapes of Wrath, and it described the uh, migration of the Jode family, fleeing the devastating dust storms at the time, leaving the barren farmland and going to California. And they hoped to find work, and they hoped to accumulate more money so that they could buy land again in this great mecca of California, the land of promise. Along the way, they met thousands of other migrants called Okies, and all of them were leaving desperately their farmlands to find livelihood. As a farmer before irrigation, I mean, what choices did you have? What options do you have in the midst of a severe famine? What would you do? And where would you go? Would you walk miles and miles? take life-threatening risks and cross into unfamiliar lands, just hoping that there might be a future for you besides starvation. It wasn't all that long ago, a few weeks ago, we mentioned Abraham and Sarah, and their household fled into Egypt during a famine in Canaan. And then a couple generations later, another famine in Canaan, and Abraham's grandson, Jacob, with his wives and his children and all of his household and all of his servants, his grandchildren, they all moved into Egypt as well. And then after many centuries passed, once the people of Israel had come into the land of promise, where there was plenty and there was milk and there was honey, the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Elimelech and Naomi had to flee to an enemy nation in order to save themselves from the famine. Jeremiah once wrote a description of a famine in southern kingdom of Judah where Jerusalem, the capital city, was and Bethlehem is not all that far from Jerusalem. Jerusalem mourns, and her gates languish. The gates lie in gloom on the ground. Her nobles send their servants for water. They find no water. They return with their vessels empty, because the ground is cracked. Because there has been no rain on the land, the farmers are dismayed. Even the doe in the field forsakes her fawn because there is no grass. A powerful description of the famine that was experienced at that time. And at another time, Elijah, in a great controversy with the wicked king Ahab, said, as the Lord God of Israel lives, there shall be neither dew nor rain on the land these years except by my word. Well, of course there was dew that was poetic. But there was no rain. And Elijah drank water from a small brook near Jericho and was fed by the ravens sent by God. 
Then God said to Elijah, Go to a widow in Zarephath. That's a city in northern Israel, about nine miles from the Mediterranean coast. And he arrived at the gates of the town. A widow was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel. And she was willing to do that. She went, and as she was going, he said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she replied, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little jug of oil. I'm now gathering sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat of it and die. Elimelech and Naomi, with their two sons, facing starvation, emigrate to an enemy nation, Moab. They leave Bethlehem, which means house of bread. They leave because there is no bread. But then more tragedy strikes and Naomi's husband dies and her two sons die and now she's a widow without property in a foreign land. And after some time, Naomi decides to return to her homeland for she heard news that God had heard the cries and lament of the people and had given bread. And Naomi returns to the house of bread at the beginning of the barley harvest. And along with her comes Ruth, a Moabite, a stranger, a foreigner, Naomi's daughter-in-law, and also a widow. And she pledges her loyalty to Naomi and she pledges her loyalty to the God of Israel. But will Ruth, this foreigner, find a welcome and acceptance among the people of Israel? The whole book of Ruth asks and answers the question, where is God in the midst of the crisis that we face? God was with Naomi and Ruth, powerless women in weakness and in want. Behind the scenes, God was working to bring Ruth into the community through the marriage to Boaz. And God makes her conceive and bear a son. And the women of the community gather together and they come in joy and they say to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a next of kin. The child shall be a restorer of your life and a nourisher of your old age and your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has borne him. And Boaz and Ruth named the child Obed. Obed 
became the father of Jesse. Jesse became the father of David. David became the greatest king of Israel. David was God's beloved. God promised King David that his lineage would be eternal, that a ruler would come from him, that would establish peace in Israel and for all the nations. Of course, this whole story is speaking of the descendants of Jesus. Ruth, Obed, Jesse, David, and through the generations finally to Jesus. You can read the genealogy can read the whole thing in Matthew chapter 1, which does mention Ruth specifically. And let's not forget that Jesus was another son born to a poor and vulnerable and powerless woman. And they were facing a crisis by the occupying power Remember also that Joseph and Mary had to flee again to Egypt at the crisis created by King Herod who ordered the slaughter of all the innocent male children. Where does God show up in these troubling times? The pattern in Scripture is that God shows up in ordinary people facing extraordinary circumstances in crises. And often God shows up in the lowest social economic class among women and children. The whole book of Ruth places before us a question for our troubling times. Shall we Welcome poor and vulnerable and powerless women and children and open our arts to them and open our doors to them and open our borders to them. We are told that the tiny community of Bethlehem opens its arms to Ruth, a foreigner from Moab. And in time... The whole nation was blessed with a great leader and a great future. There's no telling what God might do when we welcome the stranger, the foreigner. But Scripture tells us that those who do are blessed. Amen.